All right, we're going to be starting in Ephesians chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, your tablet, go to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to be reading, well, the title of today's message is called Created in Christ Jesus Unto Good Works. And I've been thinking about this a lot and I want to dive into kind of unpacking this verse. And uh, really it's in verse Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. But it's funny, you know, I think we, a lot of people in here, we know Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, right? We can pretty much quote that by heart. But what does the very next verse say? Let's go there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So, a couple things in this verse. Number one, we are His workmanship. So, hold this passage right here, and I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. For we are His workmanship. Notice what Paul writes to the church uh, at Philippi in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So it's God that is doing a work in those who have trusted in the gospel of Christ, and we are His workmanship. So, number one, we are His workmanship. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship. God is doing a work in us, and we'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Notice the next thing. Created. Meaning we were created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So I want you to hold this passage and let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we're going to be reading verse 13. For this cause also we think, also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So Christ... We are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And right here, when we're looking at the Thessalonians, all they did with from Paul was they received the words that he was writing. Not just these are, these are the words of Paul, but they received it as the Word of God. And when you believe that the Bible is the Word of God and it says what it says and you just believe it as it is, then the Word of God effectually works in you unto these good works that we're going to kind of unpack and unfold today's study. What kind of sparked this is, you know, I think we, we hit so heavy on the gospel of Christ and we're saved by grace and we're sealed unto the day of redemption. And yes, that is a very important piece. That's salvation. That's the, for, that's the focus of everything that Paul did and what we should have. But then there's also the rest of Paul's epistles is all about the good works and what we should be doing with that how we should live, how we interact with our close relationships, our friends and our family. And so I kind of want to unpack what the good works are 
and we'll talk about well, what our works in the Bible see them. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Christ Jesus' unique work. And um, I think there is, as I was kind of putting this study together and just looking at good works, I realized that there was so much that there's no way I'm going to be able to kind of put it into a 30-minute message. So I think there's going to be quite a few series that come out of it, um, or uh, parts. So, we're as workmanship. God's doing a work in us. We're created in Christ Jesus under good works. And when we believe the Word of God and what it says, the Word of God is quick and powerful, and then it starts working in and through us. And now, look at the last part in Ephesians chapter 2. And this is the, uh, this is the most important part. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordain that we should walk in them. Now notice how I emphasize should. That doesn't mean that we're automatically just saved and now we're walking in these works, does it? No, we should walk in them. So there's a choice here that every one of us has every single day. We can choose to walk into these good works that God has ordained for us to do it. And the way you're going to know what those good works, the only way you're going to know it, is through studying God's Word and hearing it and reading it, and you read through Paul's epistles, you'll be able to understand what it is, and that's what we'll kind of get to. But, you know, I, I had a conversation the other day with someone, and he said, yeah, you know, the moment I was saved, immediately I was in the will of God. You know, immediately I'm doing it. And I was just like, well, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think, yeah, you're saved. You, you, you did one part of God's will, but now you've got to come into the knowledge of the truth and understand God's Word so that you can believe the Word to let it effectually work in you to do the work of the ministry. Because it's the Word of God that perfects you. Uh, not saying that you're not perfect, that you're lacking anything because we're complete in Christ, but there's definitely things that we can do as a believer every single day to make a choice. And that's the beauty of God, that He allows us to have this choice. We, we're human beings. We're not robots controlled by this God that says, oh, you're going to be able to just do every single thing. No, we have freedom to choose. We have a freedom to make a choice. Love is a choice, just like choosing a spouse. It's a choice. You have to choose to love that person every single day. So let's go to... Um, hold right, right here. God ordained. I don't want to get too far ahead of me, myself. So... God hath ordained that we should walk in them, these good works. Hold this, let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And we'll read verses 6 and 7. Which is come... Hmm, I, don't, I don't think that's the right verse I'm looking for. It was two. Uh, Colossians chapter two. Colossians chapter two, verse six and seven. God hath ordained that we should walk in them, these good works. Colossians chapter two, verse six. As ye have therefore received Jesus Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So it's just highlighting the point that you have a choice to either choose to walk in Christ daily or you can completely walk away. And, you know, I, I could look at my life. I can see 
over the 10 years in my life as a believer, when I didn't, I didn't have the right book, so it was hard for me to believe it, to let it work effectually. And when I finally got to the point where I was frustrated, I said, that's it, I'm done. So what did I choose? I chose not to walk in Christ for about three years. But then... That I kept getting stirred up, and I felt like, all right, that's it. I need. I believe that this is the Word of God. I'm just going to believe exactly what it says, where it says it, to who it says it, and now, boom, it just changed my life because I had the right book. So, let's go to Titus chapter 2, and we're going to be reading quite a bit. We're going to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works." These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. We'll go on to verse uh, chapter 3. We'll read all the way to verse 9. Ver- chapter 3, verse 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after the kindness of God and love of of God our Savior toward all men appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God, might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So, I want to make this very clear as we're talking about good works, alright? When I'm talking about good works, I'm not talking about good works as it relates to salvation. Why? Because the work in regards to salvation was already accomplished through Jesus Christ, through the cross at Calvary, shedding His blood on the cross for your sins, being buried and risen again the third day for your justification. So there's nothing that you can do as far as good works for salvation. So I'm not talking about good works in regards to salvation. I'm talking about good works as it is in your vocation and what you're doing with your daily life and your interaction with people and how you're living this thing out. So, I want to make sure, number one, that's very clear. So, the next thing, you know, good works is a big deal. Notice in chapter, there's three times in this passage of Scripture that we read it. Notice in uh, chapter 2, Titus 2, 14. Who gave Himself for us, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. 
So the peculiar people he's talking here, he's not talking about the nation of Israel. He's talking about the body of Christ. And another thing that in this verse is you see zealous of good works. That zealous is a very powerful word. I mean, if you, if you really kind of break it down, it's, it's with passionate ardor, which is you almost can think of ardor as warmth or heat or think of like sun rays coming down. So it's this passion that's kind of met with eagerness. You're just really eager and really wanting to go after it and do these things. So the body of Christ, we should be zealous of good works. And uh, like I said, this... This, I'm going to try and lay down some framework. We're going to kind of dig more into those uh, good works and probably in, a, uh, in the next lesson or so. So being zealous of good works, we should have that. That should be something that is consuming us. Uh, look, notice in chapter 3, verse 1, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to, to every good work. So I don't want to spend too much time in it. But I want to highlight that we should be ready. We need to be ready to do these good works daily. All right. And then the last, last but not least, notice in um, verse 8, chapter 3, verse 8 of Titus. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God, if you've trusted in Christ, the death, burial, resurrection for your sins, and you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, what does he say? That they might be careful to maintain good works. Why? Well, it tells you right there, these things are good and profitable unto men. The way you live your life, is go- people are going to notice it, and the way you live your life is one of the most powerful ways that you witness to people that surround you. So, what did we just read? Being zealous of good works, be ready for every good work, and we got to be, ma- be careful to make sure we maintain those works. Hi, babe. So, did you know that if you look up the word good works, it only appears twice in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? So, only twice. One's in Matthew and one's in John. It only appears twice in Hebrew in Hebrews through Revelations, in Hebrews and 1 Peter. But the word good works appears 11 times in Paul's epistles. So what do you think that says about the body of Christ? That there are good works for us to do and we should walk in them? And that doesn't mean that we're actually walking in them. We actually have to make a choice and a decision to do that. Alright, so I think I've already made my point clear that we're not talking about salvation here. We're talking about your vocation. So, uh, what are works in the Bible? Let's take a look at a couple of these things. Let's go to John chapter 9. Now we know John chapter 9 is not written uh, to us, but there's things here that we can learn for us, for our learning in John chapter 9. In the context, it's Christ doing it in His earthly ministry to the nation of Israel, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And in uh, Luke chapter... Uh, I said Luke. John chapter 9. I need to get there. You guys are really fast. I'm slow today. I'm blaming it on the bees. <laughs> Alright. Um, in John chapter 9, we'll start in verse 1. And Jesus passed by. He saw a man which was blind from his birth. 
And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. So, we see a blind man. Disciples are asking why, what caused him to be blind. Jesus said it wasn't parents or sin, because that they're talking about the generational sin in the Old Testament, right? That would be passed down upon him. And Christ said, no, not, it's none of that. Uh, this man was born sin because God had a purpose for his life so that Jesus Christ could now heal him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that was a miracle so that the Jew would believe that Jesus Christ was a man proved of God by his miracles. So a work can be the miracle, signs, wonders, and casting out devils that you'll see in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, that's not what God is doing today. I want to make sure that's very clear. But there are a lot of people that think that those are the works that they should be doing today. They think they need to be casting out devils. They think they need to be doing miracles and signs and wonders. Why? Because that's what they're reading in there. They're seeing that. But notice in uh, John uh, 9 verse 4 where it says, I must work the works of Him that sent me. Do you know what all of the modern translations of the Bible do to this verse? They take that I... And they changed it to we. So it reads, We must work the works of Him that sent me. I'm telling you, that is why we're seeing so much dangerous doctrines out there of people thinking that they can go out and raise people from the dead. Because they have the wrong book that they're reading that says, We must work the works of Him. And what are they thinking that they should do? They think they should be able to do all these miracles. That's not what it says. The book says, I, Jesus Christ said, I must work the works of Him that sent me. So, um, works. One of the works that, works can, that you'll see is signs, wonders, and miracles. And Jesus Christ did them, and He gave that authority to His twelve disciples to do them as well for the ministry that was unto the circumcision. So, another work that you'll see in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is simply speaking the Word of God. Let's go to John 14. John 14, and we'll go to John 14, verse 10. John 14, verse 10. This is Christ speaking. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So, what is he saying? He's saying that the God Father was working in Christ Jesus to speak his words. That was a work that... So, in other words, work can almost be prophecy. Prophecy is just speaking the words of God. So, uh, let's go to Titus chapter 1. Works also can be simply not just speaking God's word, but it can be the words you speak can be considered a work. Let's go to Titus chapter 1. In Titus chapter 1, Uh, we'll read verses 10 through 16. 
For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of them... One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn away from the truth. Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and work reprobate. So, what are we reading? We're talking about men speaking words. They're unruly, vain talkers, deceivers. And here he's highlighting the fact that they're of the circumcision. So Jews of their Jewish religion. And they're teaching things that they should not. And they're doing it for what? Filthy lucre's sake. So what is filthy lucre's sake? It's ill gain. All right? Um, and if you notice in verse 16, they profess they know God, but in their works they deny Him. So what are those works that they're doing that are denying Him? Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, we'll be reading verses 3 through 5. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. So, you'll have to read everything before, alright? Uh, if any man teach otherwise. But this ties into what we're reading with Titus. Verse 4, He is proud, knowing nothing, but doubting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. So, these men, what are they doing? They're teaching things that are completely contrary to Paul's doctrine. They're teaching everything that's opposite of what you read in Romans through Philemon. And what happens is that they are strifing about words, so they're fighting over what the Bible says. And they suppose that if they're gaining, if they're growing in numbers, if they're being profitable and people are giving and numbers up and tithings and all this stuff is up, they suppose that that is godliness. And what does it say right there? From such, withdraw thyself. So, it's funny. You keep reading the rest of this um, passage of Scripture. I'm not going to go into it right now. But the whole entire concept is talking about money. Okay? And you can read through it. And so, one of the things that they're doing is that they're supposing that if they're making a lot of money, that, oh, I'm holy, I'm godly, I'm doing things right. And I don't need to mention names, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of preachers and teachers of God's Word that can come straight to the forefront of your mind. I'm sure if we turn on the God channel, you'll find some right there real quick. Okay? 
So in works, they deny Him. Well, how are they also denying Him? Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Notice in verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such, turn away. So, they have a form of godliness. They look like they're godly. They look like the of God. But, denying the power. See the word power thereof? What does Paul say is the power of God unto salvation? The gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. So what are they denying? They're denying the gospel of Christ. They don't believe that you can simply just trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for your sins, that it's not that easy. God's done His work. Now you need to work, do these things and, and, and earn it. Because if you don't, you're going to lose your salvation. Right? It's always the but. Yes, Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose, uh, the, rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. But, you've got to do this. But, you've got to do that. So that whole entire mentality, you think about it, what they're trying to do is drag you back under the law. If you do this thing, now you're going to get it. That's not how we live today. We don't live from uh, a motivation of fear. And, and um, that's not how, how we're designed. We're supposed to be living from the... We're supposed to be motivated by the grace of God and what He's done for us. And there's, there's a completely different way of living those things out. So, um, they're denying the gospel of Christ. And notice, we're right there in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's keep reading 7 and 8. These men, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And what's that knowledge of the truth? Well, you go to 2 Timothy 2.15, it's rightly divine the word of truth. Uh, and we'll keep going to verse 8. Now as Jans and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. And that word reprobate, we read that uh, in Titus 2, where every good work, they're reprobate. That word reprobate means they're abandoned to sin. They are abandoned to error. They're in apostasy. And they're abandoned to wickedness and eternal destruction. So it's a very powerful word. So, uh, let's see where I'm at. So, good work. A uh, work can be doing the miracles. We talked about that. And you see that in, in uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It can be speaking God's word. That's the word. Uh, it can be words that you simply speak, which could be of God and cannot from what we've read. The other works that you'll see is in Galatians chapter 5. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to start with the bad first and then we'll get to the good, alright? So in uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse, notice in verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? So now we're going to read all the works of the flesh. These are bad works. Okay, these are things that you can do. They're bad. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, 
variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So, pretty self-explanatory. I don't think anyone's going to argue with me about any of these works that we just read. These are bad. Now, when we read verse 21, when Paul says, I tell you before, and as I have also told you in the time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, I want to be very clear here, okay? That does not necessarily mean the believer that if you these things that you're not going to go to heaven. All right? And I want to be very clear there. He's talking about people that have not trusted in Christ, period. If you have not trusted in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for your sins and believing in the blood shed on the cross for you, I've got, you're, you're going to a place that it's, I'm sorry, the destination's hell. But there's a free gift for us. That's what the beauty of why Christ came. And, and died for us. So, he's not talking about the believer. And to, so you can see it in the Word and, and take God's Word for it and not mine. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, these Corinthians, they had, they had received the Gospel. They had trusted in the Gospel of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we'll start in verse 9. 6 or 9. Uh, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So these are the people that are unrighteous. They have not trusted in Christ. Okay? And uh, notice in verse 11, And such were some of you. So he's talking about the Corinthians. A lot of the Corinthians here were all these things that we just read. But notice what it says. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So that, that doesn't mean that these Corinthians, if they were doing these things, that you're going to not go to heaven. And I think there's a lot of people that get confused by these Scripture verses. And if you don't understand the gospel that was committed to the Apostle Paul and the revelation and the mystery, it's very easy to think that, oh, you know what? If I do this, if I do these things, oh, I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not going to heaven. It can create that confusion and that seed of doubt. So, all right, yeah, there's no way I'm going to be able to get through this. I'm only through the first part. Uh, we're going to pause right here. Um, so let me close with this. Again, if you've trusted in Christ, there are some good works that we should walk in. And we're going to be touching more on those good works in the parts to come. But I don't want you there to be confusion about good works being related to your salvation as more so how you're living your life. And salvation is point one, yes, but there are things that we need to do and the only way that you're going to be able to do them is if you're getting in the Word of God and being edified by the Word of God. Let's go to, is it to uh, 1 Timothy 3.16 and we'll close.
First Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three, I'm sorry. Second Timothy chapter three. All and six verse sixteen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. And notice these next few words. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So it's the word of God that makes the man of God may be perfect. Truly furnish unto all good works. So, if you're in the Word, you're going to now be able to now perform all these good works. But you got to get the Word in you. You got to get the doctrine in you. All right. Thank you so much, and we'll close in a word of prayer. Uh, our Lord and our Father, we thank you so much uh, for your Word and the good works that you've ordained for us that we should walk in them. Uh, we pray for those who are listening uh, to this message that they'd put their trust in you and that they would um, be encouraged and edified and hungry, zealous for good works, uh, to be ready to do these good works, and to maintain these good works. We love you, Lord, and we pray this all in the Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen.